You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Good morning. Happy Father's Day, fathers. Um, so we have our, um, I'm here to talk about the, the kids' crusade. And yeah, woo, thank you, Miss, thank you, <laughs> Miss Juanita. <laughs> Um, it's going to be so exciting. It's, uh, my office, if you looked in there, it looks like Toys R Us blew up inside there. It's, um, we, uh, we have so many fun things planned for the kids. You know, uh, Greg has been working feverishly and just relentlessly on this amazing light show that I wanted to do in here. And he's going beyond my expectations. We even got this machine that blows, um, smoke bubbles and you you pop it and it goes i mean it's super cool you know me big kid and um we spare no expense (laughs) i hope the board's not listening plug your ears jim and um plug your ears joe is matt here oh oh. is he here i don't see him okay matt's not here we're good um don't be picking on matt okay um, anyway uh it is it is so exciting we have rented um huge water slides. You know, I got two. I could, I got a, a big slip and slide and a big water slide. And we got one for the younger kids too. And we have an illusionist named uh, Dave La- David Laughlin, and he's a Christian illusionist. And so he's going to be doing uh, ministry to the kids. So this, what this is, is, you know, we normally do a VBS, which is a lot of fun. It's five days, but this year we wanted to do something a little different. We wanted to compact it into two days and um, and we're really going to emphasize getting children uh, born again, amen, introducing them to Christ. So your job, church, is to invite the children. We need to pack this place. Wouldn't it be awesome to have this room packed with kids from your neighborhood, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, and, um, you know, we're going to have all kinds of uh, ministry, Bible lessons, and songs, and just prizes, and so and lunch free, and it's all for free, Right? This is an outreach of, of um, Harvest Bible Church. And so in the back are these flyers, and I think we're getting close to almost running out, So, which is fantastic. That means you're taking them. Please take them and make this as an invitation to your neighbors and, like I said, whoever you know that has kids. It is K through fifth grade. So um, you, if you have any questions, you can try to find me after church. Good luck because I never know where I'm going to be. <laughs> Actually, I'll be back in here, so we'll be good. Um, I need help, though. I made this fancy schmancy right on this yellow pad. If you would like to help me, I need lots of volunteers. I need people that stand um, at the water slide. I'll look away while you slide down first. You know, that'll be a lot of fun. I need uh, people with, I know Pat and Juanita and Loretta are going to be doing food. And um, so there's just all kinds of different things. And um, it's going to be a great ministry opportunity. I ordered a dunk tank. Guess who that's going to be for? He's so sweet. (laughs) I didn't realize how much I dressed this poor man up until on his birthday when we made the picture, the card. I mean, he's been Roman soldier, Jesus, disciple. Um, I don't know. I got a a doozy coming up in a couple weeks. I got him a camel costume. Oh, he's so sweet. 
Maybe you should dunk me, babe. Maybe put me in the tank. You, you deserve to do that. But anyway, a lot of fun. So please get the word out. We really want to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. How many know that the world wants to mess them up? right? They want to mess up their identity, but we know where our identity comes from, comes from what God says in his word, who we are. And so the theme this year is, so who the sun sets free will be free indeed. We're going to be talking to children about what Jesus sets us free from. Such a powerful message, free from fear, free from shame, free to be myself in Christ. And so it's just going to be a lot of fun. So um, I'll put this notepad in the back. If you'd like to help, just put your name, your phone number, and your email for me. God bless you guys. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Yes, amen. It's all good stuff. Praise the Lord. Good things. Now, I, I praise God for her. She, <laughs> she keeps us on our toes. And she has a great vision to make it fun and uh, to get your kids born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and full of life. Amen. And we are believing for that and, and good things here. And so junior high, you guys can take off. They already took off. But before I preach this morning, we're going to show a video. And because I'm going to preach on some things here, but the Lord just really, he actually gave me two scriptures and he tied them together. And so I'm not sure exactly where it's all going to go, but we're going to have fun. Amen. So I want you to watch this little video and, uh, and then I'm going to share about it. This is the truth. When we volunteer in children's ministry, we're just wasting our time. It's simply not true that children are the greatest mission field, that the majority of people who come to Christ do so in their children, that children's ministry was a priority for Jesus, that we are commanded by God to teach children the Bible. But before anything, you must know, children should be seen and not heard. Many people I know have this philosophy. Children's ministry is just childcare. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that God will bless our church if we make children's ministry a top priority. Whether you believe it or not, this is the truth. You should know that I believe exactly the opposite. This is the truth. Whether you believe it or not, if we make children's ministry a top priority, God will bless our church. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that children's ministry is just childcare. Many people I know have this philosophy, children should be seen and not heard. But before anything, you must know that we are commanded by God to teach children the Bible, that children's ministry was a priority for Jesus, that the majority of people who come to Christ do so in their children. Children are the greatest mission field. It's simply not true that we're just wasting our time when we volunteer in children's ministry. This is the truth. Now, that goes to children's ministry, and we, we are doing things, but really what my heart is is I want us to understand that the greatest mission field and the greatest responsibility we have as parents, as fathers and mothers, just as individuals, is kids in ministry and youth and children and staying on fire for this generation so that the next generation can be on fire. You know, and when we understand, and there's two scriptures that God gave me. One is Malachi. If you want to turn there, Malachi chapter 4, 
uh, verse 6, and then also Luke chapter 1 and verse 17, because it ties together. But the Lord just really, you know, I was just, just praying, and, and he dropped this into me. Um, he said, I want you to teach this on Father. You remember when Pastor Pamela was up here and told me to teach on uh, how David all messed up and beat on you, Father. As I said, I'm not going to do that because uh, I'm not going to beat up on myself. So we're just not going to do that. That just doesn't work. But uh, anyways, uh, I let her do all the beating up. I do all the fun stuff, you know. And that's what usually dads are. Dads are usually fun until you mess up. And then dads have to be the disciplinary. But, uh, you know, because moms are doing all the talking and all the correcting. And dads are supposed to be listening and obeying. But we're working on those sides. But, but anyways... God gave me these scriptures and I want you to teach on this because I want to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and I want to turn the children's hearts back to the father. Because not only does he want to do that in our families, but he wants to do that from the whole world. Amen? God's heart, his desire is to have our hearts, but he wants to turn our hearts together. And the greatest responsibility we have is teaching our kids. And uh, the, only, the only bad thing about parenthood is, is that when you finally get halfway good at it, you're unemployed. You know, your grandparents. And it's, it's challenging. And then, you know, you don't, you know you, don't, you don't get to do it all there. And, and they're, they're old enough to make decisions on their own and mess things up. Anyways, let's look at uh, Mal- Malachi uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now let's look at uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 17. In the King James Version, he said, And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, and to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Amen? The New Living Translation says this, And he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Amen? You, know, you realize when, when, when Malachi said that last verse there uh, of his death, there was 400 years of, of nothing, no, no ministry, no speaking, no nothing. Everything was quiet. It was called silent years. I mean, 400 years until John the Baptist shows up. And then John the Baptist shows up, and then they use the same scripture, the last scripture, and they use it here in Luke. So here's what he's going to do. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and he's going to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. Amen. We look at it. Now, I want to read this to you, the Amplified, because I want to get you to understand this is where we're at with everybody we come in contact with. The Amplified version of, of Luke 1.17 says this, And he will himself go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright which is the knowledge and the holy love of the will of God, in order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. Amen. You know, we're supposed to be making people ready to to hear the, the Lord coming. We're supposed to make people ready to receive the Lord. Are they ready? You know, many people are, are, are get born again. They accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they're not ready to receive the Lord. 
Somebody asked me a question recently and said, well, do you think that person was ready to receive the Lord or, or to meet the Lord? And I, not receive, but ready to meet the Lord. I said, I don't know if they're ready to meet him. I know that they were saved. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And uh, thank God for the God's amazing grace in our lives and what God's designed for us to have. But I want to give you some things that God wants to have in your life. And then I want to give you some things that you need to have in your home so that you can begin to affect everybody that comes there or you can begin to affect yourself. Amen? So I'm going to give you a lot of stuff this morning. But I, what I wanted to, as I want to get your heart and grab a hold of it so that God is turning our hearts from the hearts of the fathers to the children and to realize they're so valuable. Because they didn't ask to come into this world. We brought them in. Amen? Any more than you asked to come in. But now you're an adult. You lived here long enough. You should know better. Okay? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because God's hand is upon us. God's plan and purpose is here for us. Amen? And, and, and there's a reason why God established this. Because God wanted it to be that we would take what we know and give it to the next generation. That we would teach our kids, train our kids. Amen? That's why he told us, children, obey them. But he said, fathers, don't, don't provoke your kids to anger, but raise them up and nurture. You know, don't, don't do some crazy things there. Hallelujah. But here's the number one thing that we got to understand. And one thing we need to have in our all lives, it's, it's always a love issue. God's called us to be people of love, people that want to reach out and touch the lives. The reason that we don't witness or the reason that we don't share the love of Jesus is because we don't have a concern for the lost. Amen, it's true. It's always a love issue because when you love something, you will go after it. You will protect it. You will help it. You will do it. And we want to do this. So that's what we do. It's because we love people. We speak the truth. We tell them the truth. That's why we say, no, you can't go out in the the yard. You know, I know. remember with, you know, uh, with my son, Aaron, we had for eight hours, we sat outside to get him not to leave the yard. He got a spanking about every 10 minutes. I know that hurts a lot of you that don't believe in that, but he just could not fathom not running across the road and trying to get on the trolley tracks. He just wanted to get over there, and it was like, no, you got to stay here. You got to stay here. So, yes, so he said, yes, took us eight hours to figure it out that, you know what, I got to stay in the yard. But you know, he stayed in the yard. He stayed in the yard. You know, he figured out how, okay, I'm not going to do this. You know, he learned that I said, what I got to do? So I said, well, I don't have that much time. See, you don't have that much time to love them. I don't have that much time to train them. Amen. You know, I, I, I didn't do everything right. All of my kids have resentment of me being in the ministry, even though they're in the ministry. <laughs> okay. You know, you, you know, now that they're older, they can feel like they can, you know, you know, you know, bash me. So it's good. And, and that's, it's good because I can hear their, hear their hearts and they're, and they're right in a lot of ways, you know, where the, cause they had to share me with the world and they had to share me with the church and they had to share me. And so I, and there was priorities and there were things that, that we did, but you know, the one thing that they always knew, always knew that I loved them and they always knew that they could always come and I could always, I would always tell them the truth. That I would always love them. That I'll always be there for them. How did that I always would be there to take care of? And you know what? One of the things about it is the Bible says that the world will know that God sent Jesus if we actually just love one another. <laughs> Amen. And here's here's the next thing about it that we have to have is that and, and 
this is a tough one because you know what God wants us to, to have understanding? He wants us to be understandable and he wants us to be able to understand what's going on around us and be able to understand what's happening. And believe it or not, God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. Because some of you know, sometimes we just don't understand why they did what they did. Amen? What made you think? Well, you weren't thinking. We know that. Well, what made you do this? Amen? And what makes the world go? Because the world doesn't understand. Why do they do what they do? Why do we have crazy things going on? Because people are lost and dying and they have no boundaries. They have, notice what it said there in the Amplified that we've got to prepare people for the Lord. We've got to prepare. What are we preparing? Their spirits. What are we preparing? Their hearts. Amen? And God's not asking you to run out and be on the, on the street corner and preach or do things unless God calls you. But what God's asking you is those that you come in, in contact with is to love them and to understand them. That if they're lost, understand they're lost. Understand they can't help but be what they are. And understand they need Jesus. Hey, Amen. See, it's turning our hearts toward the Father, towards what's going on. Listen, folks, if we don't have compassion and we don't have the heart of the Father, if we don't have the heart of God... This world is doomed. I mean, it's going to get crazier and crazier, but we've got to be a light so that the Gentiles, so that all of the world can run to our light. Amen? And they can see and know the power of God. And God wants us to be understanding. Amen? You know, it's so funny because when, when, when my boys were growing up, and I was a lot harder on my boys, and the reason I was is because I was a boy, and he's a boy, and I knew what they were thinking, so I knew that they were in trouble. See, I was 15, and I knew what a 15-year-old thought like, and I knew what they were thinking, so they needed, they needed to be slapped just because of that thought. <laughs> and I knew the attitudes, and I knew what would, they would come in, and they would try to talk to their mama like they talked to the kids and the, everybody in, in, in school, and I have to say, Stop. You may talk to everybody else, but you're not going to talk to your mama that way. Amen? You know? And I had to explain it to them in ways they understood. But it was situations where, you know, it just, but, you know, all of a sudden they just had to come to that reality and understand that. And when I say it, it's just because I understood where they were headed. You know? And I understood their thinking. Because they would come in and say, oh, I told you this. I said, no, you didn't. You had a conversation in your head, and you knew, and you did this. You said, we would say, and you did this whole thing in your head, and so you got the right answer. The problem is you never talked to me. <laughs> See, all the guys know this. We always do that because we're trying to figure out what our wives want, what is exactly she want to hear. How can I say this? <laughs> so we always rehearse everything before we talk. It is bad because we mess up because then we think, oh, yeah, she's going to do this. We always plan the... He didn't, you know, you know, he said to dwell with you guys, dwell with our wives according to knowledge, not understanding. <laughs> okay, let's get off of that one. Okay. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Here's the key. Here's another key. Here's a good thing. Here's the next thing. Next thing. Not only does God want us to be loving and understanding, but how many you know God wants us to have patience? And I, and I don't like patience. I, I like things done now. But really, he wants us to be patient, loving, caring, and receiving. You know, sometimes we're planting seeds. Well, all the time, usually planting seeds or we're watering. Sometimes we get a harvest, especially when we're planting and caring. But you know what? If we can just speak a truth and change a life, if we can just speak something encouraging, if we can strengthen, God wants us to have, be patient. 
and we have a hard time with that. And time is short, but I believe God's going to do some quick things. I believe God's going to do some things. Uh, but praise God, I really believe that if we'll just take hold and say, Lord, you're working it out. I can't work it out, but I'm going to have patience. I'm going to have patience with what they're doing. I'm going to have patience to allow you to work, allow you to handle this. How to, I'm going to let patience have her perfect work. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to let patience have her perfect work so that I can be entire, lacking nothing. You know, James chapter 1. And having I mean, that's the hardest thing is that we as fathers, and let's just, let's just beat up on us a little bit, is we have a hard time with that patience thing. <sighs> Mamas are great. They just, you know, they're going to love them no matter what. Daddies, we get a lot of impatient things like, I told you once, that's enough. <sighs> and uh, that don't work. You know, God's... God's you know, um, just God's heart, God's desire, God's joy for us and for you and I. And listen, we do have to have patience with the world. That doesn't mean in a sense that we allow them to do. We just have patience to believe God's working. And we just keep planting the seed. We keep watering the seed. We keep speaking truth. Amen? Because we need it. We need this. We need this. It's something so valuable that they need to hear the truth now more than ever. And then we know that it's the Holy Spirit that brings revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that does. Hallelujah. Amen? And here's the thing too, folks. Let me just share with you. We got to stop looking to the world for provision. We're the ones that are supposed to be providing. And when I talk about providing, we are providing the greatest need that the world has, and it's the spiritual need. We are providing truth. God needs you to provide truth. He needs that. We are the one that is supposed to be providing. We are the one that's supposed to be providing the right answers. We have the answers because it's Jesus. You know, we don't have the, we don't have all the other answers, but we have the answer. You understand? The answer is Jesus. We got to bring him to Jesus, get him, have an, an encounter, have a relationship, get him born again, get him changed. Then their life will be changed and transformed. Then we'll let Jesus give them the answers. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to have the answer. People say, well, you just think Jesus is the answer. He is. He is. He is. If we can open up your eyes, glory be to God. It'll change you. It'll change your life. Amen. It will. We all know that because we all know when we got born again, it changed our life. You know, and, and I think... Also, just because I have such a heart for, for kids and I have a heart for kids' church. I mean, obviously, you know, I dress up in all the things my wife lets me do. Uh, the, 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 the most embarrassing thing is still yet to come. You guys are going to have to come, okay? Uh, that's going to, that's, we just got that costume and it's, it's hideous. <sighs> and, uh, and it is a camel call. It's, a, it's serious. Hallelujah. And I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to pull that one off, but... We are, we are gonna, we're going to work at it, you know. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, you know, somebody said, have you got to delegate, Pastor? Yeah, that's not, I, I, I wouldn't put anybody else through that. <laughs> See, I love all of you way too much, you know, to, uh, to make you have to go through with that. But, 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 <laughs> but I love kids' things, and the reason being is because I got born again when I was a child. I got born again when I was a kid, and it just really you know, uh, was something so incredibly wonderful, so awesome, you know, and, uh, and I thank God for that, 
You know, I thank God for my father. My father's in heaven. My father went to heaven at 53 years of age. So I, you know, I, I miss him a lot because we were best friends. And, uh, uh, you know, and he died of cancer. And so I got to do his, his funeral at the age of 28. And uh, um, doing everything. But I, I thank God for what he instilled within me. And I thank God for he, And the biggest thing that I, that I love that he instilled within me was his heart for God. And was that we were going to church. He always, I humorously, you know, said that, but he actually meant it when he said, he was serious. You can either go to church with a whipping or without a whipping, but you're going to church, you know. And so it was not a, it was not a, there was not a if, and, but, or maybes about it. And not only are you going on Sunday morning, but you're going to go Sunday night, you're going to go Monday night for training, and you're going to go Wednesday night, you know. And we were denominational folks. But he made us go every single day, every time, anything, whatever it was. And I appreciated that. Uh, I hated it as a kid, but I appreciated it now because he established within me, hallelujah, a love for God and a love for the word of God and a love for what God has in our heart. Amen. See, God's looking for people who will actually lead, who will be godly, who will stand up and be the leaders that God wants them to be. Amen. Amen. And we need that more than ever. We need to stand up and we need to allow God to be God in our lives. Because that's what it is. It's like, man, we see God's hand. We see his plan. We see his purpose. Glory to God wants us to leave a spiritual inheritance. And he wants us to prepare a people ready to receive the Lord. Looking and hastening the coming of the Lord. Looking to see Jesus coming. Amen. We need to rise up. Jesus is going to come. And then that's going to be glorious. You know, we're always looking to try to build our kingdom down here. God's telling us, listen, let's build and then watch. You'll be a part of this glorious kingdom. You're going to be blessed. Amen. This is going to be supernatural things. I know we can't fathom that because we get too much in the natural. Amen. But as we understand his plan, his purpose, it changes everything. And our responsibility. We are the salt of the earth. We are the life. We are the peace. We're the joy. We are the answer. We've got to declare the truths. Amen. Now I want to give you five things that you need to, all of us need to have in our homes. And we need to have this constantly, making sure. Why? Because we need this for our kids to see it. Now, you know, we're, you know, my age, we're all grandparents. We don't have little kids, and, and to, but we still need to have the presence of God. The presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I remember, you know, in, when my kids were in high school, I remember my son Adam hit high school, uh, and, and all of a sudden I came home one day and there was this kid sitting in the living room. Yeah, not, not one of mine. And uh, I walk in and I'm like, well, hi. <laughs> he's like, hi. He's like, you know, and, and uh, he said, I just had to come. He said, your house is so peaceful. My house is so terrible. My parents are fighting all the time. Everything's crazy. I just had to, I had to get peace and I knew your house was peaceful. I said, well, where's Adam? Well, he's not here. <laughs> cool. Amen. I said, well, cool. Hey, I said, hey, I mean, I knew who he was. I said, hey, it's cool. No, you can sit there as long as you want. He said, I just need to sit here. I said, it's all good. You know, kind of weird coming to find a 17-year-old kid sitting in your living room, but that's okay. You know, but I realized God, of course, shared, you know, get with the joy of leading them to the Lord. But the key is, is that because there was peace. Well, why was there peace? Were my kids angels? Absolutely not. But... <laughs> But we set an atmosphere and a tone of what was going to take place and how things were going to handle it. 
Because here's the very first thing you have to have in your life and in your home, is you have to have worship and praise and rejoicing. You have to be a worshiper. You. You have to be able to worship. The greatest things that your kids can ever see is see you worshiping and praying and magnifying God and dealing with situations. They need to see that you're real. But they need to see that you have a relationship, that you are worshiping and praising God. Amen? They, they need to see that. They need to see. Why do they need to see that? Because they need to see that you're dependent on, that you're just not, you don't have all the answers, but you're going to the one that does have all the answers. Amen? That you're going, you're dependent upon him. You're dependent upon what he said. You're dependent upon what he's doing. They need to see your relationship. Probably one of the most difficult things that we've done is we put kids out of here instead of seeing them in here. Amen? And worshiping, we've made it, because we've done that for, because we don't have, we, if they were all in here, we wouldn't have enough seats and stuff like that. So we've been doing that. And for years and years, we've done it for 20-some, 30 years. We've had children's church and, and adult church. And I'm not sure that's been a good thing. Just me. How do you, because then our kids never see us worship. They never see us worshiping God. But here's the thing. If they see you worshiping God in your home and they see you worshiping God, how do they, and they see you dependent upon God, see you praying, see that you're where you're getting your strength, amen, that changes everything. And they see you weep, they see you cry before the Lord, they see you, that you have a tendency, that you have a hunger, that you have a desire, amen, that you're going to put God first, amen. And we all need that. We need that in our lives, hallelujah. And believe it or not, the world needs to see us worshiping. They need to hear us worshiping. Amen? You know, I'll never forget when I, I heard this story from John Osteen. Him and Brother Hagin were in an elevator, and these two drunk guys got in on the thing, and they were going up the elevator, and these two drunk guys got in, they're cussing and screaming and yelling and just kind of cussing. And John Osteen's a little guy. He's only like five feet tall, and he steps up right between them. Praise God, hallelujah. He says, if you're going to praise your God, I demand equal time. <laughs> <laughs> and they got all quiet, you know. Didn't say. Now I heard that with Brother Hagen telling it. It's funny, you know, because Brother Hagen never says a word. So you know, he just you know, he said, but Brother John Osteen, he just stepped right up in the middle of them, started praising God. Said, right, if you're going to praise your God, I'm going to praise mine. I just, I demand equal time. <laughs> Amen. Second thing that you need to have in your life and the second thing that you need to have in your home is the priority of the word of God. That the word of God has the final authority, that the word of God is where you bring everything back to. What does the Bible say? What does the word say? Why is that so important? Because it gets you off the hook. It doesn't make you the mean guy or the bad guy. It's, it's, the pressure is all on the word. This is what God said about it, so God's going to perform his word. Let's watch God do it. Let's watch God handle it. Let's watch God do his word. Amen? Why? Because we want to turn our hearts back. We want to turn all these kids' hearts back to the Father. We want to turn. Because did you also know that it said it's going, to, it's going to turn here all of the disobedient, you know, the disobedient into the wisdom of the just. It's going to turn all of these ones that are not doing right. It turns them. Because, you know, there's something that's totally different here. Look at that. They're not having all the problems that everybody else is having. Or when they do, they've got peace. They've got joy. Why is it that it seems like they're doing different? And that's what the world needs to see. They need to know a place to run. They need to be able to run to your house. They need to be able to run to you. Amen? We got to have this in our thing that we are not only worshiping and praising, that we're not only honoring the word of God, that we're allowing the word of God to be such an important thing in our lives. And it is. It has to be. That has to be the final authority. If it's the final authority, it changes 
everything. Amen? Hallelujah to that. Glory to God. I'm so glad. You know, we don't, we don't do everything right, but we thank God for his grace. But we got to point everybody to Jesus, point everybody to what God's doing. And, uh, you know, we've got to be able to have a voice. Third thing is, is we got to be a witness or a voice. Isn't it amazing what uh, Acts 1.8 says? That after that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You know, he shall make you witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost part of it. He's going to give you power to what? To be a witness or to be a voice that just says, let me tell you my story. Aren't you glad that you don't have to worry about anybody? You just tell your story. Do you know that your testimony is the greatest, greatest weapon and the greatest power that you have against the enemy? And it's your power to share the gospel. It's just your testimony. Because it's yours. Nobody can refute it. They can say they don't believe it. Who cares? Because it's your testimony. It's my testimony. This is what God did for me. It's what God did for me. Changed me. It's what God's been doing in my life. It's my testimony. It's my declaration. All I can tell you is this is what I believe. This is what I have. Amen? 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 You know, I never forget, Adam came home uh, in seventh grade, and he says, and he's just so mad. He's upset. So what's wrong? He said, why do you have to be the minister? Why do you have to be the pastor? Why does everybody have to know that you're the pastor? And why do I have to be the pastor's kid? And why do I always have to be nice? And, you know, and he's upset. I said, well, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you who, why, and how God called and what God said. And what I do and why I have to do what I have to do. And I just shared my story. And I shared, I'm not ashamed of being the pastor. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of declaring. I know that it's tough. I know that everybody else, all the other kids in church can say all these things. But once you say it, you're in trouble because you're the pastor's kid. I know that when you go to school, that they're going to they're gonna treat you differently. And I, you know, I am what I am. And you know me, I'm bigger than life. I'm out there. I'm witnessing to everybody, talking to everybody. I'm actively involved in everything. And so, but I said, this is what's going to happen. Here what it is, and this is why, this is my heart. And after he heard my heart, he said, you know, he said, Dad, I, I, I know it's awesome. He said, but I just want, you know, just don't want to have to be, you know, put here where I can't. I said, I understand that. I said, and, you're, and there isn't that. You shouldn't have to be. You just be you, and you don't let them worry about anything else. You just be you, you know. Hallelujah. And we're going to walk this thing through. And, you know, and, and was it tough? Sure, it was tough, you know. But the key was is that I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to change the gospel. I'm not going to change. This is my testimony. And I'm going to be that witness for him saying, I'm going to stand strong. And when you stand up and you begin to say, you know what? I'm not ashamed because I am not ashamed. I'm like the apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Hallelujah. For therein is the righteousness of God that walk by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And the just shall live by faith. See, I'm not going to stand. I'm not ashamed of it because this gospel will set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. It will set you free. You know, I mean, we did a lot of things that were tough. We did a lot of things religiously for our kids, but they loved us now. You know, I mean, if they wanted to ride to school, then they had to say the in him scriptures. They had to quote the in If you want to ride the bus for an hour, that's fine. But if you want to ride to school, you got to say scriptures. We can go five minutes or an hour. It's up to you. It doesn't matter. This choice is yours. 
but you will, you will declare, you will say, you will do, and we're going to get this thing done. Amen? And I remember when they went to Bible school, all of them said, man, we're so glad you made us say all those. Because that made everything easy. These guys be quoting that and say, well, I know that scripture. Gosh, it says this, this, this. They may not have, you know, received it in the sense of got all the revelation of it, but they knew it. <laughs> They'd heard that before. <laughs> Amen. But it, it, the word of God will not. Hallelujah. Because here's one of the biggest things, too. Let me just share with you. One of the biggest things that we need to have in our lives and folks, this is what we need as Christians. And this is something that, I, you know, it, that it, it always bothers me because I don't understand why our word is in our mind. But we need consistency and security. Amen? Cali. Oh, one day it's like, whoa, I'm just so excited. Yes, praise God. And then the next week it's like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. It, 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 man, it just doesn't work, Pastor. It's just terrible. It's like, time out last week, you were like Superman. And today, you got kryptonite all over you, and you just, you know, you just look terrible. And you're just like, everything is gone. This is so bad. What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. Listen, either God's God in the good and God's God in the bad. God's God. And we got to go there. We got we to gotta walk by faith. We got to be consistent. In things. That doesn't mean that you can't, don't get upset or that doesn't mean that you don't look at things and get concerned. What it does mean is that we're going to take it to the word of God and we're going to walk in the truth of the word of God. Listen, we've got the answers. Every answer that we need, every answer, every problem, everything, hallelujah, is in the word of God. And people should be able to count on us. They should be able to depend on us. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Hallelujah. But your word ought to be your bond. It ought to be something that you take hold of and you say, you know what, we can get counted. You know, people can count on you because of who you are and what you have. And especially our kids. Glory be to God. Especially our kids. Especially them. They ought to be able to count on us and know that we're going to be steady. Amen. That they can be there. That we can be there. Why? Because God's given us that. God's given us his word to enable us to be steady. To hold us steady. It's amazing how we don't have the consistency in things, man. And then in the security of things. How many of you know you're secure in God? That God's got you. He's got you in his hand and nobody can take you out. The only way you can get out of God's hand is to walk out of it. Amen. His love is there. His love is far greater, and he's got you. He's got you. So our consistency and security should be in line with what God's consistency and security is. Amen? We allow that, and we allow that to reach the world and to touch lives in that. I mean, God's plan, his purpose, he is desiring for that to take place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, Jesus told us, be followers of him. He told us to walk in love. And then in 1 John chapter 2, in fact, go over to 1 John chapter 2. You know, I usually give you tons of scriptures, but I'm just preaching to you this morning. Go to 1 John 2. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse 5 and 6. It says, but who keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walks. How many know Jesus was a little bit consistent? 
Okay. Uh, just, I mean, you know, he did he was like his father. He changed not. He was consistent. He was, we see things, of course, he was without sin. He was the son of God. We understand. But John said this. He said, listen, if you say you abide in him, then you yourself should also walk even as he walks. I said, well, that was, geez, I can't walk like that. Well, walk as close as you can. Amen. But walking, get consistency in your life. Get secure because believe it or not, believe it or not, consistency brings security. Amen. Because they know the consequences of it. Amen. See, see, and if the word is the final authority, the reason I share this with you is because this will help you immensely in dealing with things and dealing with your own self. If you'll keep the word as, as a final authority and you'll keep uh, 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 this truth before you, you'll walk in. You always come back to what does the Bible say? What does the word say? You know, hallelujah. I mean, one of the best things I did for my two, and I always had, my, my daughter was perfect, so that's okay. You know, she wasn't, but I, I, she was perfect as far as I was concerned. I was a really lousy daughter's dad only because I gave her everything she wanted. Okay, I mean, it was, it got so bad that I'd come home, and she would come home from school at lunchtime, and I'd go make her sandwiches. So it was bad. She had me, t- you know, her mama was wishing she had that, that power. But anyways, uh, it was bad. But that was just me. I was lousy at that. But I was really good at dads, okay? Because my sons, we were, they would always think things. So we actually made a covenant. We had a whole bunch, we made a covenant of rules to understand this is what we're going to do. We'll walk, so they could see them. That way they couldn't say, you didn't tell me. I didn't know that. I go, five, <laughs> three. It's on the wall. It's on your wall. It's on your wall. It's on the refrigerator. It, it is written. It is written. See, it, it is written. We're good. And that saved me from killing them. It really did. It really did. It was really, it was really a good. Because it was, but it was consistent. It was like, no, this is what we're going to do. It was consistent. And it wasn't that I was perfect. It, just, it helped us to understand where we were at and how to be consistent. Amen? How to take hold of the word of God. We've got here where it is written. Amen? That's what helps us immensely. That's what helps us. Hallelujah. Let's look at the last one here. Uh, uh, you know, actually, I got two more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's things that we need to have and to build in our lives, and especially with our kids. And also, if you're doing that now, I'm ready, is you have to have relationship and fellowship. Amen? You know, you know, when you have relationship and fellowship, hallelujah. Because see, rules without relationship will bring rebellion. But if you have rules and relationship and fellowship, you know, it'll bring freedom. Because you, they know the truth. They know what this one is. And then, you know, and then they decide, is the consequences, is doing this worth what I'm going to happen? Fine, let's do this. You know, for those of you that know my, my oldest son, Adam, which we're going to get to go see here to, tonight and stuff. But anyways, he, uh, his whole thing was, it's worth it. Golly, he would just do it. You know, ever since he was two, he would do it. He would do something, and he'd bring me the, the paddle because we had we had a, and he'd say, I, and he'd say, and he knew the scriptures too. He'd say, I need my spirit cleaned off. I did it. 
It's and like, and he'd be like, what? You're, you're amazing. Because he just, he, you, know, he was, he, you know, he was the definition of a strong-willed child. Now, Aaron was sneaky, but Adam was just blatant. He was just flat. I'm going to do this. Okay. You know the consequences. I do. Sheesh. It just was the way it was, you know. He was, he was, that's, but, but he's, he's, he's his own guy. He's a strong guy. But relationships and fellowships, what happened does is it actually builds a camaraderie. It builds fun. It builds them. And it also lets them know there's a reality of things. There's, there's good, there's relationship. And it gets them to turn them over. Because see, what we do at, at 18, when we, we let them go, and I know now they stay home a lot longer than that, but still, they, they still, they act, supposed to act like adults at 18 and then do things. But, we're turning them loose so they have that relationship. We're trying to take our relationship and give them that relationship as they're growing up with God, but also, okay, now you can handle the relationship with God. God's, God's going to be your source. God's going to be that. Hallelujah. Amen? Because yes. that's what God's hand is. God's plan. God's purpose. We have to do this. And here's the thing. This goes out even out into because the people, God wants us to witness to the people that we have relationships and fellowships with. That's our circle of influence. Amen? And the very last one is communication, talking, communicating, sharing, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank God that we can have honesty and openness with all those that we come in contact with. Amen. God's desires for us to have communication and to speak and to talk. Many times I say, well, I'm just not a talker. Well, that's fine. Communicate in other ways. Communicate in actions and deeds and things. Let's, let's do stuff. But it's so much better if we can begin to assure and encourage and strengthen and love. And he says, well, I just can't do that. Yes, you can, because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things because the God gives you the ability to do that. God opens up, and he wants you to, to change. He wants you to, to rise up because God wants us to reach this lost world, and he wants us to reach the kids. He wants us to have a, a life that says, hey, these kids are worth it. We've got to try to, because if Jesus tarries, man, these kids, this world is going to be a real interesting place for them. And we've got to make sure that we do our best to make it as best as we can for what they're doing. Amen? Hallelujah to Jesus. It's just, just, just our heart. Hallelujah. What God has in store for us. Thank you. I, it's, just, it's just for me. It's like, Lord, hallelujah. What can we do? And he said this. And I want to go back to uh, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 17 out of the Amplified Bible. He said, and he himself will go before him in the spirit and the power of light, talking about John the Baptist, to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children, hallelujah, and the disobedient and the incredulous and the unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright, hallelujah. Changing them back, when it says he wants to uh, um, bring them back, which is the love of God and the love of the will of God. This says, in order to make people ready, hallelujah, Glory to God to receive the Lord or preparing people for the coming of the Lord and to get them perfectly prepared in spirit. Because if we can deal with them, get their spirit alive unto God, then God can bring them back to a right and moral state that'll change the world. We can't change people, but the Holy Spirit can. And the word of the Lord can. God's plan, it can do it. God's desire, hallelujah, is the word of God reign and rule in people's lives. It took 400 years of darkness, glory to God. Let's hope it doesn't take that many years now that we can turn our hearts back together. We can allow God to be God in thanking him for it. Amen.
God's plan and purpose. Hallelujah to Jesus. Can you go get the kids? Tell Miss Pamela that we're going to be ready because they got something special to do here in just a few seconds. The rest of you bow your heads. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your amazing grace. You alone are so wonderful. Oh, I just thank you, Father. Lord, we've shared a a pastoral message this morning. And it's a pastoral message that we all have to grab a hold of, but especially as fathers, that we have to know that this is what your purpose and plan for our lives. But also, Lord, there are so many lost and so many people that just need somebody to speak into their lives, somebody to bring life to them. Lord, my heart is, is that we begin to understand your great love. Hallelujah. Your great understanding. Your great patience. Hallelujah. Your great provision. uh, That we get to understand that all of these attributes all originated in you. They all originated in you. And Lord, I just am so reminded that what Jesus said in John 17, that the world will know that God sent Jesus because we have love one for another, that we can encourage, we can strengthen, hallelujah, and we can in love and and be there one for another. Father, thank you for that. Thank you, Father, hallelujah, that we want to be the light that you want us to be. We want to be the power and the presence of God for every person around us. Lord, we, we magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you for it. And now, Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, the number one reason is because we want people to meet Jesus. We want everybody to be ready to meet the Lord. But we want everybody to be born again. Everybody to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. We want everyone to believe in their heart and to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus. We want everyone to call upon that name and just declare that name, Jesus, because there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, so now, if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus, Father, my heart's cry is that they would know him. Or if there's somebody watching, that you're watching this, you just come across this, and you're even seeing the end of it, that Jesus loves you. God has the answers for your life, and it's Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you're here, I'm going to look over the congregation. If, you're, if you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, if you're not prepared to meet the Lord, we can help you, help you get started of knowing who Jesus is. So let's raise your hand real high. We'll lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, but it's you believing in your heart. Hallelujah. Confessing with your mouth that changes your life. Changes your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.